Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Middle cop! Hey, babes! <laughs> All right. Uh, a lot to get to on the podcast today. We had some of the breaking news Monday. We recorded this on a Tuesday. J.J. Watt reaction, uh, Teddy, some Deshaun discussions, Musburger, golf betting. A lot to get to today, John. A lot going on, guy. A little midweek pod. Fired. Fired up. Uh, by the way, everybody, don't forget, we will do another mailbag uh, near the end of the week, Thursday-ish. So don't forget to subscribe uh, on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. Five stars. In that review, leave us a question for the mailbag. Historically, we've gotten nothing but, like, what do you think about this draft pick or free agency or whatever? And all that's well and good. But you can be creative. You can ask anything you want. Uh, Do it in the mailbag. Completely agree. Get in it right now. Leave a review. Apple iTunes. We also need to give a shout-out to the guy that won our DraftKings game uh, last week. Full pony. I'm sorry? (laughs) Full Boney. Full was, Boney. Uh, the user's name. Full Boney. 584 points, $225. Congrats to Full Boney. Beat me by basically 80 points. Beat me 80 by 80 points. Where'd you uh, finish? Full Boney, congrats. Uh, 25th. Oh, I finished 21st. We were neck and neck then. Yeah, so Full Boney, solid $225. Uh, I'm jealous. That's a, that's, a, that's a good win. Oh, and congrats to the other nine people that uh, also won money in the game. We have another game that's uh, already up and filled right now. So is there another golf tournament next week? Yeah, that's called the Players' Championship. I think we uh, we go a little bigger on okay, that Okay, that'll be a big one then. Absolutely. Remember last year, the Players' Championship is the week of... Because next week is the week of Corona, shutting down sports. That's right. I'll Yeah, I just always think of it, the conference basketball tournaments that, you know, I remember it that Same way, week. But. Yep. Boom, boom. And it was... Thursday night, the tour said they were going to play the next day, and by Friday morning, they didn't even play. The tournament shut down, and everything stopped. Yeah, halted. There, that's right. Rudy Gobert. There was a lot of uh, a lot of like, no, no, everything's going to be full speed ahead, and then like eight hours later, it was like world stops. Never mind, because the second one person canceled, then there was pressure for somebody else, and a basketball game, and a tournament, yeah. and a league, and a da da da, bop 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 bop. And the NFL is like, we're still here. Yeah, the NFL is like, uh, yep. <laughs> free agency, we're ready. Yep. Uh, <laughs> undrafted free agents report tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Hut, hut, hike. So anyway, get ready for that one next week. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. That's, uh, that's where you can go right now. Uh, we'll get to some of those golf picks later, but definitely the NCAA tournament coming up. Remember, if you use the uh, promo code HAM1, they'll match the deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. If you use that bonus, though, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but uh, either way, use HAM1. That way, uh, they know that we sent you. Yep, got a lot going on. You got golf tournaments. You got NCAA tournament. You got UFC 775. Uh, I don't know if that's the actual number, but it feels like UFC fights a lot now. 
Yeah, I remember back 259, in the day. 259, John. Like, you know, 259. But it feels like they went from like 150 to 259 in like a two-year span. Yeah. They, they're going like every other week, it feels like, doesn't it? It does. It's like, oh, the UFC. Every time I look at Twitter or TV, it's like, oh, UFC's fighting again. It's like, Jesus, they fight a lot. But you just throw guys in the ring. You let the cream rise. You can gamble on that. Baseball, odds out for uh, spring training. Full go, guy. Just rocking and rolling. I, I'm, full season I got a game. Uh, I got a game on deck I want to watch on Tuesday. I watched some of the uh, Yankees the other day. So uh, I got to get my. Not going to lie, I have a, hard, a little hard time getting into spring training baseball. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it, we're going. I, I've already scouted a little. I, I, I like uh, kind of like the Cardinals this year to as a seven, eight to one World Series okay. potential champ. Okay. I like to me, it's a great TV2 product um, right now in the spring. And you get some just random little nuggets, you know? Vlad Jr. dropped 40 pounds. He's like, oh, you know, I, of course. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, new teeth. Aaron Judge, new teeth. So you just you, you never know what's going to happen. What else? NBA playoffs? Not I guess they're I mean, not the All Star games almost here. Technically, yeah. Never mind. My timing's a little off. Timing's a little off. I'd love to see uh, Clay Thompson participate in the three point contest. They just give him a clock that's twice as long so that he can just walk from each station and then shoot stationary pro- shots. Yeah. The problem with the All Star game is the three point contest is easy for three point shooters. Dunk contest, the high rate of failure. You see some of the names, like some of the guys participating in this, I've never heard of in the dunk contest. Really? There's, I haven't looked. Like Steph's like, I'll shoot the three. It's like Anthony Simons, some other. It's just random guys. You know, Zion won't touch it. None of the good players or big names will touch it. Where the three-pointers, like, you don't get shit if you miss a bunch of shots. No one even cares, right? But if you do look shitty on the dunks, people make fun of you, I guess. Uh, yeah, also, you don't have to do a bunch of, like, preparation, creativity. Like, oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like just shoot a bunch. The dunk con- the dunk contest used to really matter though. I mean, and I'm not even talking like Jordan Dominique. I'm talking like 15, 12 years ago. Remember Dwight? Like star players used to participate on it. And you could say what you want. Like if you're the NBA, maybe you pay them to do it or something. Yeah, I, yeah. It ha- like to have Zion and two other big names in it. Zion, I, I'm just using that. I don't know if he could do it, but like a Wiseman and like just like a couple things to just move the needle. You're like, okay, uh, I'm in. Uh, yeah, maybe it's like. Uh... What if like Steph was throwing Wiseman alley oops? Like, do you don't think people would like it would drive some versus Zion? Yeah, I'm not saying Zion would be a great dunk contest guy, but my point is just get some young. I up bet and he would be stars. I bet he would be too. You know? Freak athletes that are seven one that can jump probably do okay. Yeah, that's basically what Dwight was, right? Maybe you know Anthony Edwards. I mean, he had that huge dunk this year against whoever that would be decapitated. I that think guy. it's hap- It's happened a couple times with that guy. So. Uh, Anyway, we can you know, fix the NBA uh, dunk contest later. Well, you can, you can bet on the three-point shooting contest, I'm sure, once the lineup gets announced. I like Steph. You know what? That sounds like something I'm going to do. I'm just yeah. going to make that fun. Yeah. That's a good idea. Give you a reason to watch on Friday or Saturday night or whenever the hell it is. We did a emergency uh, YouTube video on Monday when J.J. Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Today, we're going to talk more about kind of the effect on the NFC West, the Niners, the Rams, uh, the Seahawks, and uh, J.J.'s addition. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation for the Cardinals, as we talked about many times. He's only played two full seasons in five years. And so I think from that standpoint, Middlecoff, it's a high-risk, high-reward for the other teams in the division. Like, on one hand, you go, man, if J.J. Watt plays 16 games, he's a he's still a good player. But you yeah. love seeing an opponent potentially put their eggs in a basket where it might not turn out to be that valuable of an addition. So it's hard to really know exactly 
what to think about it from the Niners, Seahawks, or Rams standpoint. Other than to say, if he's if he's healthy, he is a good player that got added to the league division. I, I think it's fair to say their roster on paper is really good, right? I mean, it was good last year. They have premium players, right? And I'm not even talking before J.J. Watt. Chandler Jones, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, they just have some guys that are just... Buda just Baker. Buda they Baker. Add, they add Isaiah really Simmons. Been, yeah, I mean, Buda Baker really is good. And J.J. Watt, like, to me, this can do twofold. It can either help them become a better team, which is obviously what they're thinking, right? And it's the reason you pay a guy all this much. Or when you sign a guy of this magnitude, this fame, and you pay him a high-level amount of money, they, to me, there's like a powder keg in this organization. If the expectations for them are going to go up, right? Because last year, they they crumbled down the stretch. The Niners kicked their ass with fucking C.J. Beathard. Uh, the Rams kicked their ass. They just were losing games that they could have won, and they ended up missing the playoffs, and it was devastating. And the Chicago Bears, with Trubisky and Foles, made the playoffs. People, the, we get a little farther away. I think you kind of forget, like, the Bears made the playoffs – because the Cardinals fell apart. Like, that's why the Bears were playing the Saints. Now, if the Cardinals had made it, they probably would get their ass kicked too. But the point is, that would have been a big deal for the franchise to make the playoffs and for Cliff. And he couldn't do it. When he was in the... Dr- he wasn't, like, fighting from behind. He was out in front of the race. You know, like Daytona when you're in the lead and, like, no one's even behind. Like, he had a... He was in complete control. And now, to me, you add a guy like this, I, you just wonder... Last year, they started hot and then fell apart. What if it's the opposite? Like, what if you're like, yeah, they're not playing that well. They're two and four or, you know, three and four. And it's just, there gets a tension there in that organization. Cause I kind of think if they miss the playoffs, all these guys could get fired. Not the players, but the coach and the GM. Yeah. I, uh, cause there are expectations. Wouldn't you say a, a non playoff berth for them, given their roster with a number one overall pick, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, why? Well, it already Taylor started. Jones. Adam Shine said today, Tuesday, he thinks they're they're a Super Bowl contender, and I think part of that is love Adam. He he says that I, I love Adam too. <laughs> part, but but I do think part of that is like what you just said. Let's take a step back and go. And it's not just Hopkins; it's Christian Kirk. But I think a big part of it is they think their quarterback, and we've talked about this, is an MVP candidate. If we is our MVP odds on my bookie yet? NFL future MVP odds. Um, I'll look right now. I bet he's top. What, what, what would you guess whether we got him or not? Um, no, we don't have him yet. What would you guess? His, where will he? Be? He'll be top 10 in MVP odds. Will he be top five? Who's going to have better odds? Uh, no. Rogers, Rogers, Josh Allen. Brady, Brady. Josh Allen. Mahomes. Russell Wilson. Stafford? Yeah, he'll probably be, get some buzz. So sure. Kyler will be top I, 10? I bet, I could see Wentz getting probably a little inflated now that he moved teams. Derek Carr. Russ? Yeah. So, I mean... I think Kyle would be top 10. That's just he, my gut immediate reaction. Yeah. So, I think part of it is you think he's going to take another big step. I, you know... So well, he was a top three or four guy for what? Eight, 75% of the season last year? He was, like that, that was tangible. Yeah. Like he was being talked about. Well, he started to get they talked were about once Russell kind of fell back to the pack, right? But remember, they were winning, and he looked good early on, playing the nine. Like, week one, you're like, God, this guy's pretty good. Right. <laughs> so, I, somebody on YouTube on in the comments on um, our J.J. Watt video that we did Monday suggested that it was like Richard Sherman signing with the 49ers. And I, in some ways, I see it. Um, but 
I think the difference is what you've pointed out is that when Richard Sherman joined the Niners, some of the value is just like you're a rebuilding team. You need a veteran, a guy who's won, a guy who knows what it takes. Remember, you and I went to one of their first OTA practices. Richard was not even on the field yet, but he was high-fiving guys, yelling at guys, coaching guys up, running not running around the field, but just he was everywhere. Like his impact was being felt. But that team was not viewing Richard Sherman like, okay, we got Richard. Now it's time to make our run. We're all in on Richard. They didn't overpay, right, for Richard Sherman. They, do you remember when Richard signed his contract? The Florios. I remember Joe Thomas, the former Cleveland left tackle. Destro- him and Richard got into it on Twitter like, bro, you fucked up. You didn't take any guaranteed money. And Richard was like, fuck you. I bet on myself. Three years later, Richard saw like $27 million, right? Because it was like, you know, they can cut him every year. He, you know, he's got to make Pro Bowls. By the second year, he's all pro. It's like, boom, cha-ching. You know, right? Remember, yep. there was one. They loved him so much by the second year, he didn't even need to hit the requirement. They're like, bonus. They just loved him. You know, team captain. It was just like, it was worth it. You're right. It, it To me, it doesn't parallel the situation at all. One, the Niners were just hoping really at the time to be like in the playoff conversation, like, they, they would just come off Kyle's first year and Jimmy's ending. They were hoping to be good. Richard, but to me, was a way... He was coming off an Achilles tear. When we were at that practice, remember, he has the long sleeve on the one leg, and they're like, you know, we're going slow. I don't think anyone expected whatever they got out of Richard, and ultimately by the second year, he earned that three-year contract just in the Super Bowl year alone, being the all-pro guy, right? JJ, they're expecting the way they paid him to be a really good player. <laughs> so it's, I, and the expectations are way higher because like we had talked about the Kyler and the Hopkins, Buda Bay, just their squad. But the problem is like, how are they, how are they going to get to the playoffs in this division? It's very, very difficult. And they have the worst coach in the division. So this guy chose a team because of money, which listen, as he got a lot of money, a ton of money, but he did sign up with Cliff Kingsbury. To me, it's one thing with the quarterback People are like, I want to go where a quarterback is. But I think you also got to factor in the coach, right? The coach and the quarterback, to me, are kind of hand in hand. It's like, who's the coach and the quarterback? It's not like, well, the quarterback. No, it's like the coach and the quarterback. Because they go, you and you can get by with one's a little bit better than the other. But I actually think they're kind of question marks on both. Yeah. Right? Like, they want- can, can Kyler do it for 16 games, play at a high level? I think there's some weird pressure on him to like, no one disputes his talent, but like, can he really be a star? Right. Because part of being a star, if you're that good, you make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eight and eight last year. With the year. offensive weaponry, I forget about Kirk. He's a really good player. Christian Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eight and eight last year, the third time Cliff Kingsbury's gone 500 or better in his coaching career, including so six years at Texas Tech. Right. So the question is you go five and 10, you go eight and eight. Are you going to go eight and eight? Are you going to go nine and seven or are you going to go win 11 games this year? Like what is, because to me, obviously going eight and eight again is a failure, but are they just going to go nine and seven and just be a little better? Um, I don't know. I, I think fully healthy. I do think they could overcome to some degree. I think lack- we got to, we got to change the, the 17th game. So it'd be like nine and eight. It's going to be weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. I saw, I saw that 17 games are probably going to start this year. I hate nod. It's gonna be weird. Like, what'd you go? Uh, went uh ten and seven. You're like ten and what? It's gonna throw you off because you're used to numbers. You just doing your math. Oh, sure. they were shitty. They went four and twelve. No, they went four and thirteen. It's gonna be weird for people. 
Get ready. God, going four and th- going three and fourteen. That's gonna feel yeah, worse. Yeah, the, ex- than the extra game could really be like, God, you're throwing a little more kerosene on the fire here. <laughs> it's kind of uh, yeah. That's we're gonna have to keep remembering. Eight and eight that. sounds a lot better than eight and nine. Totally. <laughs> Seven and ten. Seven and nine. It's like, oh, we're making strides. Seven and ten. You're like, God, you kind of suck. <laughs> that extra game is gonna put some people on the unemployment line and get some contract extensions, right? God, you went uh. You won 13 games again. 13 I guess four. 11 games isn't quite the same, huh? Like 11 and... Six? Six? That, that actually sounds pretty good. Is 11 and six the new 10 and six? Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where like the cut line is for the playoffs, right? But there'll be an extra team, probably. I wonder what eight and nine feels like. Because eight and eight always feels like you're not a joke by any means, but you're not that good. Like, does eight and nine feel like the seven and nine used to feel? Or does eight and no, nine feel like, oh, they're right in the mix? I'll be honest. It doesn't make sense. Eight and nine feels a little worse than seven and nine to me. I, I, it doesn't I, make sense. It, it, it feels heavier. <laughs> like, it's just a lot. Like, oh, my God, that was a long year to lose nine games and be under 500. Well, especially if at one point in time you're like five and nine and you rattle off like three straight victories to get to eight and nine. I guess it's going to depend on how you finish, but it's a lot of damn games. But that's another like part of this, John. That's you're, talking about a play, you're talking about playing full seasons now and the seasons are longer, right? Chandler Jones only played five games last year. Now, that was a bicep in surgery. Yeah, but he was out for the season. I mean, it was a season ender. Yeah. So we're talking about, I love the stat, like on the bottom line, like, oh, the most sacks since whatever year. The one thing, the and I think we use this too much, if if you're fully healthy, like every team has injuries, but like if the main players on the cards stay healthy, they do have a lot of impact ballers, right? Yeah. I Like J.J. Watt like led the league in pressures. Like J.J. Right. Watt's still a really good player, and he's not even the best pass rusher on his own team. Now, I heard someone say, I think the Cardinals were fourth in sacks last year. So like a huge part of going to the Bills or the Packers, like he was going to add something. I just wonder like, will you even feel his presence that much? I and the division, it's going to be tough. I mean, the division is way better than what he's used to. Yeah. I, right? That division. Yeah, that's true. I do think this, though, as it relates to the Niners and the other two teams in the division, because of Cliff, you might say they're just limited. Their ceiling is their ceiling is capped. But you can't deny the Jimmys and the Joes, the more talented you get, just the harder you are, even if your coach is – Ultimately, you just got guys on the field running around making plays. Like, this does make them harder to beat if he's yeah. healthy. Like, they probably don't have a 14 and three season in the bag, but do they have a 10 and seven? That, but if they have a 10 and seven, it feels like Cliff's doing good things, right? Hell yeah. I mean, if they go 10 and seven, it would be that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying they, if I told you, Mick, if I told you McVeigh or Kyle was the coach of this team, you'd be like, God, they could win 12, 13 games. With this team, I think if they went to 10, it'd be a huge win. They'd probably get contract extensions. My whole point on them, they have, because of the coach, a 6-7 win team in the bag. Yeah. and, and right? no, Because they right, kind of overachieved early, it turned out. But what I'm saying is, and they they beat the Niners and the Seahawks last year. But they have, historically, I'd say over the last, this decade, played those teams really well. Like, they, they are, and it's part of being in the division. That's true. They never feel like, when I watch them against their divisional opponents, they always, like, their players believe. And I think it helps once you just, you've been, like, DeAndre, or he's a bad example, he just showed up. Chandler Jones now has been in the division for a while. I don't think he looks like, oh, Seattle, right? You just get kind of used to it. Because mm-hmm. remember, Bruce Arians, when Seattle was even better, I, I felt like they used to kind of go toe-to-toe with him with Carson Palmer and some of those night games. I do think that, for whatever reason, they just they just play their division well. 
it's to me, it's more like I turn on like, guy, you seeing this? They're losing to the Jets or guy, you seeing this? They're losing. They're, they're down 10 to the fucking Giants on the road 10 a.m. I thought last year I actually had more faith. Like, yeah, I mean, I, the Niners could easily lose to them. I was more like, you know, oh, they're playing the two win Eagles. Like, that's a loss. <laughs> it was things like that that I don't trust Cliff. And that they to won me that is game, more though. good teams. I know. But my, my point is like, uh, that that is where I lost trust in them last year. Yeah, they they can lose to especially when they go east. I just feel oh they're playing the Bengals. It's and it's a tie game in the third quarter. You know that's where to me I kind of red flag them. In their defense, that week sixteen loss to the Niners was kind of a home game for the Niners too. <laughs> yeah, it's one way to put it. You lose to C.J. Beathard. That's a bad loss. <laughs> Joe Person, who covers the Carolina Panthers for the uh, Athletic, wrote that on Monday that the 49ers are among the teams that have reached out to Carolina to gauge the Panthers' interest in potentially trading Teddy Bridgewater, according to league sources, according to sources. Uh, He also added the Niners indicated last week they'd like to find a a solid backup for Jimmy. I mentioned that he added that because I don't think when you look at what Teddy Bridgewater makes this year, $17 million with a $22 million cap number, uh, I don't know if he's adding some context for John Lynch there, but you, you, you bring it on Teddy Bridgewater and you're not keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I saw a lot of people on social media because the moment you read this, you go, they're going to get rid of Jimmy for Teddy. It's like, guys, read between the lines. If you're going to have get rid of Jimmy and trade for Teddy or acquire them both, they're not both going to stay. Because Jimmy makes over 20, he makes 17. You're not, that's not what you're going to do, right? The, the move is pretty clear if they're interested in Teddy. You have to have your ducks in a row to be able to pull the trigger if you get a rookie quarterback. And if you get a rookie quarterback, what are you doing? You're immediately getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Or maybe he's already gone. But you wouldn't keep... I, I'm adamant. There's no chance they're drafting a top 15 rookie and Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team. That is not. That's not happening. I feel... Confident about that without any information. It just, it's not the way the league works. You would get rid of Jimmy because he still has value. But you might bring in Teddy, who makes less, who is a serviceable starter if you don't feel the rookie's going, who also you don't feel like at any moment you can bench. Now, now clearly Kyle has benched Jimmy before, but it does, like there's a dynamic to the locker room. He's been the starting quarterback on this team. And and again, there was a basic, he's in his late 20s. It's not Alex Smith, who's 34. It it, it is complicated to draft a quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think it's possible. Do you think they would get more for Jimmy than they would have to give to get Teddy? I think to get Teddy would potentially mean that the, let's say the Panthers got Deshaun Watson. And maybe they would just give you Teddy for like a fourth or a fifth. I don't know what's Teddy's value. I don't think if it's I, more than a fourth, yeah. At $17 million, yeah, it's probably a conditional six or something. Yeah, it's not much. Um, but, but like, do the Saints strike out and they view Teddy, like, for $17 million, they want him back, you know? They do know him and they won games with him, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they might He's more valuable to the Saints Jameis. than he is the Niners. They might prefer Jameis. But they also might prefer Teddy. They, they might. I mean, they might. Because if they wanted to keep like, Jameis, they could have. Yeah. yeah. They got options. Um, but Sam Darnold is, he costs a lot to acquire. And then you do, you're basically giving him two years, 30 million. So it's like, well, you get Teddy year to year. It still gives us options. It's a little, I'm not comparing Teddy to Phillip Rivers. But the one thing Rivers did with the Colts, right, 
It was just a one-year contract. It didn't tie him to anything. And it just allowed it just allowed you wiggle room every year, right? Because you never know in a year what's going to become available. And that's kind of what Jimmy provides now. The difference is Jimmy just goes down like three times a season. If Jimmy was healthy, he would still I still would be like, and they had just gone nine and seven and Jimmy had been it's hard be like, well. It's hard because if he was healthy, we'd have seen him play football this year, you know? Yeah, and you'd have a better gauge on him. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to play that game. There's another... We saw Teddy play, and he wasn't that good. But to, back to your original point... But his team sucked. Back to your original point, uh, this is due diligence. This is preparing for all the eventual... Uh, uh, for all the possible, I love using this phrase, eventualities. Preparing for every eventuality. Um, but there's another dynamic here, which is if the Panthers are trading Teddy... It, like you said, it's probably because they were acquiring Deshaun, right? You Would you trade Teddy if you're drafting a quarterback at eight? You might. You might still do it if you think the guy yes. we're drafting at eight. Is, guy, rookie, rookie starters in the top 15 start. Or, I mean, rookie well, quarterback. Well, I, I understand, start. but what I'm saying is, it, what you're saying is that the Panthers would trade him to draft a rookie, but the Niners would also be trading for him to be a backup for their rookie or to start for their rookie. My point is the Panthers are drafting eight. The Niners are drafting 12. These two teams are kind of in the same boat and that they both have quarterbacks and they're both looking around. So, and you know, they both would want Deshaun. So they like, if the Panthers are trading you Teddy, is it because they got Deshaun as you referenced, or is it because they're drafting a quarterback they think is ready to play? And if that's the case, they might be drafting the quarterback you want well, they so were Teddy's in on the Deshaun. They, useful to you. They were in on. They were in the Deshaun deal, right? They were a team that was very actively. They were. They were like a team that wants to be in the Deshaun sweepstakes. So once you know that as a team, you would just who just has unknown quarterback situations. I think you just gauge what the draft compensation would be to acquire a player. Like I just think that's your job, right? You're not. Yeah, it'd been I, weird if you're like you know, the Niners were. Uh, I'm trying to think of a player. Uh, Russell's a bad example, like uh, Josh Allen or something. Like, you know, the Niners were calling the Bills. You something just be like, what are they even doing? I think this one is pretty understandable. You just, you got, you got seven different lanes you could take with different scenarios. You just want to know. And the Niners are in a situation right now where their quarterback situation, undisputable, whether Jimmy comes back, whether Jimmy's traded, they have a, I'm sure they have a whiteboard somewhere in their building with like five different options. Jimmy's status is, and at this point, Jimmy has to know it. Like, it's out of his control whether he comes back, right? There are just things that if they get if they get an option that they view as better, they're going to take it. Yeah, and that option might not play out. No, I I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's important to point out that the Niners and the Panthers are connected in a lot of these scenarios. If it's Deshaun, they're both trying to get him. If it's drafting a quarterback, the Panthers have. Are the Niners? I think a huge difference, though, in the Niners and the Panthers is the Panthers like just getting rid of seventeen million for him if they are going to go with let's say a rookie. Obviously, Deshaun, it makes sense. But even with a rookie, they're kind of starting like their expectations that, that extra money to sign other guys. The Niners have had this like situation two of the last three years where their backups sucked and it cost them games and they lost a ton. I just think they fundamentally probably look at it differently than Matt Rule might in three or four years, right? They're just at different points in time in not just their program building, but Kyle's been a head coach in the league for four years. Matt just won. They're just to me, they just have different wants. Like humans have different wants, businesses have different wants. The Niners and the Panthers just I think have different wants, probably in the way they view the backup quarterback. 
That's the way I would describe it. Yeah, but Teddy's not going to be the Niners' backup quarterback unless he's the backup quarterback for a rookie who replaces him. Yes. Right. So what what the scenario I'm thinking is you go into the draft, you're able to get Justin Fields, they pull off a Deshaun Watson trade, you trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots, you, you, you feel you want to get a veteran guy, high-level guy, you got some extra money because Jimmy's gone, you get Teddy to be around this guy. Yeah, I'm just saying the hope is if they trade for Deshaun, right, that the Texans don't turn around and use that pick on Justin Fields at eight. I'm just saying these two teams, you're right. If who trades for Deshaun? What's that? If who trades for if Deshaun? If the Panthers were to trade for Deshaun, now the Texans are drafting eight. Maybe they like one of these. Oh, I, I, oh I, I see. I'm just I, saying okay, there is a, I, I, there I, is a I, I trickle down here that – you are kind of connected and all these different scenarios kind of involve affect the other. And that's where the Niners. Well, this is what I'm saying about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think since we, you and I have been doing this, there are so many dominoes that we don't know how we're going to play out, which is kind of crazy in the top of the draft. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Jets and the Dolphins, the fucking this team, the Eagles. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there, there is. I, I, I get tired of hypotheticals, but the hypotheticals in this draft talk and with the quarterback kind of carousel is legit right now. Because it's not like I could tell you five different scenarios and they'd all be believable, right? This team trades up for this guy. This team trades for this guy. This guy, this team keeps Tua. This team doesn't trade Sam Darnold. This team does trade Sam Darnold. The Texans do this. Like they're just because part of it is just there's this veteran star quarterback who could go to one of these teams drafted ahead of the Niners that then immediately do the Texans automatically draft a quarterback? No, we they might not. That, right? They might not. <laughs> the other part of this that make that this is the real fun, I think, of the intelligence community that John Lynch is a part of and that you've worked in. John Lynch would be interested to know what the Panthers are doing, and the Panthers aren't going to tell him what they're doing, and they wouldn't know right now. But at some point in time, we've talked about could the Eagles at six be a trade partner for the 49ers if they feel like they've got to get up ahead of Carolina or Detroit at seven if you feel like you got to get up ahead of Carolina and Denver and Dallas. Uh, I'm not saying John... You're saying doing like the Al Davis, just calling around to not really actually try to trade for your players, just see if they're available to kind of get your mindset. Just see kind of what... do they? Does he feel like they they would keep... Yeah, just does he think they like a quarterback and, you know... Now you're thinking, guy. I just want... You can't ask directly, Stanford guy. John's a friendly guy. Maybe gets people to open up, you know? Yeah, hey, uh, what are your guys' quarterback rankings for this upcoming draft? <laughs> Boy, uh, that, uh, that kid from North Dakota State, huh? Ugly throwing motion, am I right? Teddy's going to... Teddy cashed in on that little run he had in the Saints for these two he years. Made, made some cash back. Come a long way from that lake falling off to a couple straight years of like 23-17. He's basically made $40 million in two years. That's a pretty good little haul. For a guy who's probably a really good backup, right? Yeah, he feels to me like, you know, a top, you know, like he's in that 22 range of QBs without really thinking about it, which are guys that, yeah, if they got to start four games for you, Saints. you might be able to go two and two. So the Saints a couple years ago had the, the 23rd quarterback on their roster and probably like the seventh. Like before Drew kind oh, of really yeah. felt old. You're in pretty good shape. Right. The Niners fucking have a hard on dreaming about that scenario, right? For sure. The Niners are like, yeah, we had the 20th guy and we probably had like the 53rd. And we also had this other guy who's probably like the 64th. Like, it's just like You could add them all up. You're like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and to your point, the Niners need some money. So if they were to add the difference between having Jimmy be your other quarterback with a rookie and Teddy is the difference in a couple players potentially. 
or uplier. Well, here's what here's what else you can do with Teddy, and you can do the same with Jimmy. But as we talked about the dynamics, you can just cut Teddy in 2022. Like if it's Justin Fields, Teddy Bridgewater, right? You just get rid of Teddy. His contract is five million dead cap. Yeah. Which I actually think we just saw five million dead cap. But we talk about that like with every player. Well, if you got four or five of those, three of the guys can add up to like, well, you got 17 dead cap just on the three guys you cut. Like it could probably add up pretty well. Fast. John, Teddy is Teddy is get. It doesn't matter even if he's good. His cap number is 26 million dollars in 2022. So that's getting restructured one way or the other, unless he's fantastic. Cut or restructure. I'd say tw- I'd say twenty two million dollar cap hit for Teddy this year is pretty steep. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Garoppolo's is twenty six. It's not that. Which I mean, it's we've t- yeah, it's not small. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code Ham fifty for a first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but. I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ham to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high quality meat and seafood you can trust you get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping as always and you get the ultimate customization your customization might be i don't know what to do send me the good stuff and they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. 
They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. This uh, this conversation starts with a comment on our YouTube channel, John. This is from Philip Withers. Appreciate a real name on the internet. Uh, yeah. One of the few, the proud, the brave. Phil- I wonder if he's related to Bill Withers. R.I.P. Uh, Philip says, doubt you'll read this, but here it goes. Well, we read it, Philip. He says, I, hi- I highly doubt, this is a reaction to a video we did about Deshaun Watson getting traded the week of the draft, was our prediction. Uh, He says, I highly doubt the Texans trade Deshaun Watson before June 1st because that'll leave them with $21 million in dead cap and just $5 million in savings, as opposed to trading him after June 1 when the dead cap will be $5 million and $10 million in savings. So he's saying the difference June 1 before 21 dead cap hit, after June 1, 5 million dead cap hit. He goes on to say, I think offering draft picks from this year's draft is pretty pointless considering the above. In my opinion, they'll ride with Watson in 2021 unless they find a replacement for him ready before June 1. Uh, Any trade offer should be consisting of draft picks for next year and onwards. They might be willing to absorb 20 million dead cap, but it's doubtful. Interesting question. Um, I've seen a lot of people talking about this June 1, post June 1. I I think this conversation tends to start with the money. The Texans are not about to win. So I think this conversation should start with the draft picks, John, and then work backwards from there. Does that make sense? Well, b- but it's not a difference of $20 million. It's actually a difference of $16 million, right? Because they're going to incur, incur some dead cap. Right. It'd either be 5 or 20 So there's a 6 or 21 or, or 20 So fi- $15 million. Yeah, 21.6. Okay, so if I'm a team that sucks – and I can use this player because he does not want to be there and he's refusing to show up, and I know that, and he said he's never going to change his mind, wouldn't the value of the teams, if we just, let's say there's potentially three teams in the top 10 who wouldn't hesitate trading for him, which means including either pick two, pick three, or pick eight. That, to me, is worth alone, on top of several other first-rounders, the extra 16-whatever million dollars in dead cap because they don't have any picks. They don't have any players. They suck. So I I, I couldn't uh, uh, disagree more that waiting for future picks, you know, we've been talking over and over about this. When you know where John Gruden fucked up with Khalil Mack, I think we just, did we talk about this on a video or the podcast yesterday or two days ago? If he had done that deal with the Bears three months before, right, just before the draft, I don't know if he would have taken Roquan Smith, but he would have had that pick, pick eight. Like, you know that that pick, and you're getting to evaluate the draft now. So I, I just, I don't see how it makes any sense if you're them. If you To me, if they ultimately hold them through the draft and trade them after, 
it wasn't because of anything dead cap. It was strictly because of stubbornness, uh, hoping that they could fix it, and three, a failure because they fucked up. Unless, like all those teams, which I say feels not possible, were not interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson. Like if Deshaun Watson said right now, I want to be a Jet, would you be like, he'll probably be a Jet soon? If he's like, I only want to be a Jet, and they're going to trade him. Do you think he'd be a Jet? Well, I again, I think I said this the last time we talked about it. Yes, but I don't know how to predict what the Texans are going to do. But yes. I'm just saying, if they agree to trade him, he has a no trade clause, so he gets to control some of it. Like, if those teams, if he wants to go there, I, I just think he's going to end up there. Now, it's going to cost them a lot. It's not like... They got no leverage. They got leverage. It's just one of those things like this is the price. You're going to get the guy, but it's going to pick three, two more first rounders and maybe throw in Tua or whatever. Right. Sam Darnold, three first rounders, including pick two. Like, that's just part of the deal. And then like that to me is going to be you would much rather do that than worry about some dead cap. Well, I right. Th- there's one two things here. Number one, do they want to be good in 2021 or do they want to be good in the future? Future. Future. So you need to start building now for the future. Again, the complicating factor is that they kind of want to keep Deshaun around. But let's just put aside that for a second and say they're going to trade him. Do they do it before or after June 1st? You do it before because if you do it after, now you're delaying your your rebuild another year, right? Because you don't have any draft Would picks, as you said, this year. Number two, I just look at it as simple as you're buying draft picks with dead cap money. And I think having the second or third pick or just a known quantity, let's say you trade them to the Niners and you go 12. It's not ideal. Well, it's probably better than what you'll get from the Niners in 2022 when Deshaun Watson's their quarterback. So you are paying, but you're not even paying real money. You're just paying dead cap that you're not going to use on your roster anyway this year, which is fine because you're going to stink. So your roster can, whatever, you can have a big cap hit this year. We see it all the time in the reverse when teams try to push, they try to restructure and push money back to try to compete in a given year to squeeze it in. Well, you're not in that position if you're Houston. So take the hit now, get better draft. Not only better, you think he's a good player, that's why you want to keep him. So once you send him to a team, their draft picks, in theory, will be worse the following years because he's now on their team. So Didn't the Eagles essentially go, we were taking the dead cap hit for this third round pick and potential first round pick? That's the way they looked at it. Right? right, we basically bought these. Yeah, picks I, I think we're going to trade them no matter what. And I think you could look at the Rams and the the Rams trade. The Rams clearly ate some dead cap on Jared Goff, and they took back a huge contract and got rid of picks. But that's just they're like, you know, it's all worth it to just acquire this asset. Like whatever you said to to trade. We were talking about this yesterday to trade for Deshaun Watson, to trade for definitely a Russell Wilson, it has to really hurt. Well, part of hurting is not like, there's not just one way to hurt now in the NFL, right? There's picks, there's dead cap. There, in the Niners case, some of these players have been thrown around. Like it's, it could hurt. I mean, it could be a pain in your ass multiple different places. You're like, fuck, we got to eat this cap space. We got to give him Fred Warner and we got to give two but ones, John, right? But wouldn't you say now, your owner spending money and how much money they spend is a part of this. But a dead but, a dead cap is money yes, that's already spent. Yes. If, like, if I were not, GM, I would much rather it hurt this way than hurt in picks or players. Or actual money. Like, you're or, really going to yes. give uh, so-and-so $50 million guaranteed? Right. Dead cap is money that's already been paid. Like Jared Goff's or Carson Wentz's. Jeffrey Lurie and Kroenke have already spent that money. The only right? way... The, the, the hurt this Deshaun's year... Deshaun's contract is unique. Right, because we had talked about this yesterday. It goes, 
it doesn't really get going until next year when it starts going 35, 35, 35. He, he set up his contract a lot differently than Wentz and Goff because he took way less guaranteed money for what? No trade. Yep. His cap is 40, by the way, next year. 22 in 2022 he's making 35 but the cap hits 40 but if he's a pro bowl elite guy it's just part of the well, yeah, of doing business without right? without question without question i just I, this is not money you this is not cap space you need this year because clear now i should say this they haven't said yet they're good being bad that they're okay with being bad right once you trade them you you're accepting that. that you're resetting right now they're trying to keep them and they're hoping against hope that they can keep them. And they're doing the thing where it's like, well, you said no a million times, right? It's it's very Jim Carrey. Uh, I so think it would be a lot a less. This whole thing would be a lot less complicated if they hadn't paid him last year and he was due a huge extension and you were just kind of do a Khalil Mack. That's where you could be like, listen, we're going to trade him to you for the right to pay him. And it costs four ones and two twos, right? Because no dead cap, it's just you get this player kind of like that was Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, and Jamal Adams. You were buying the right to pay the player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where it gets a. I do think teams kind of can push back. Well, you've already paid him some of his cap hits, or not the way we would structure. It gets a. But he's so good that it's I don't like think you it's going to change leverage with the on that side. Yeah, it doesn't change with the Texans. The, the beauty would be we get him this year. At least we get one year of him at a fifteen million dollar cap hit before it goes to forty. Yeah. His cap hit because for the you Texans. would probably have to, you would have to pay that, right? If you were extending him, it'd be a massive extension. Yeah, I, his extension now would be dramatically bigger than it was last year, right? Coming off his best season. Uh, his extension now would be yes, yeah, especially if it was part of the trade acquisition. Because yeah, now because he's got to wave when his you no say trade. Most of these guys, so you've got to tell him remember, how much you're going to pay him before he waves the no trade. Remember, Khalil got traded and. It's kind of crazy that he made he made more than Aaron Donald looking back. Like Aaron Donald's just the more you'd rather have Aaron Donald. But Aaron got like 87, 88, and then Khalil was like traded, boom, 90 million. Yeah, it, like, it makes sense because he was not a free agent, but he basically could tell a team, uh, don't trade for me unless you're gonna pay me X. Yeah. Well, that was part of the acquisition. You're paying me at the point. Yeah, that it's, but for. I'm just saying it's like a free Why agency. I'm holding out, guys. <laughs> it's like a free agency situation, right? Because he's not holding out, you're right. He's not holding out anything related to money. It's irrelevant. In terms of like looking for more money. That's not the root of his issue. It's I hate these guys. Yeah, the only way this makes sense, and I don't think it does make sense in the scenario I'm about to give you, is if the Texans are like, Tua? Tua's good, man. And we, we can go to the playoffs this year with Tua. We just got to we gotta make sure to use this money right. You know what I mean? But I, now you're giving up the pick. I, I just, it doesn't, I don't think they think that. And even if they did... I would spending dead they cap money on picks is, no is like we've seen teams in the NBA spend real money on picks to spend yeah. dead money on picks. I, I well, think that's essentially the, the NFL it. does indirectly, right? Use dead cap space for picks and stuff like that. They don't actually like you. You legally can't go. Here's ten million dollars for a second round pick, but right. they can do it that way. But if you say, remember Osweiler, they, remember that trade with the Texans where the Texans unloaded Osweiler and had to give a second-round pick, and they got in trouble for it because it was like, you guys are kind of buying the pick. That's right, not allowed right. in the bylaws. But I this w- this wouldn't be viewed that Here's way. Here's a question. Because the, the dead cap's nothing. Here's a question for you. Six, yeah. six, $16 million difference. That, that's what we're talking about here, right? Which is, to me, is weird. So, it doesn't feel that much. So let's say that you could trade, you could trade cap space for picks. Okay. And the Jets offered up the second pick. You just what you would do is you would take on 
dead cap. Like you would, they would transfer take to you cap $16 million of yeah. dead cap and you would take their pick. How much dead cap would somebody take on for the second pick in the NFL draft? If they loved a quarterback, it'd have to be a quarterback. I'd say $35 million. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Niners, you'd be like, okay, so we cut Jimmy, that's 24 or we trade Jimmy, ideally. That's twenty four. We'll we'll take on you know. Tw- well, we'll offer you twenty million in dead cap. We'll take on twenty million in dead cap. We'll save money. Yeah. So that's what we're talking. That's part of what we're talking about here. Yeah, teams would gladly do it. I think so too. I- for quarter for qu- for quarterbacks only. I think. Now the incremental, like if could I get Amari Cooper for five million dead cap? Yeah. Then, but I'm saying the big amount you would only do for a quarterback. Yeah. Or at least a good team would. You'd be dumb not to, because because other position doesn't affect a gambling line. Like it's very like getting a good player. Like Khalil Mack doesn't guarantee you anything, right? Right. Quarterback does. Right. Deshaun definitely does. That you think, right? I, you do, I do wonder if you could even do. I mean, you wouldn't do. I wonder if you could get fifteen million for if like if let's say Nick Bosa sitting there and you think Nick Bosa is Khalil Mack. I'd say a pass rusher would get the second most left tackle or a tackle. I, I think left tackle, right tackle to me is a little overrated. I'm not talking about the not, different side. I'm just saying like offensively, like elite yeah. franchise cornerstone lineman. I think the one thing you've seen the last couple of years is like more sweet guys are coming in the draft. Like I, Yeah. All right. Let us know what you think about that. All right, John, this one's for all the Tostitos. Brent Musburger went on Rich Eisen's show and uh, said a lot about Derek Carr. And uh, the headline of it was, I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed by the continuing chatter about the Raiders. Talking about Deshaun Watson's name coming up. Talking about, uh, obviously, Russell Wilson's name coming up. He said Derek was a playoff quarterback last year. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. I think he meant his play. I think he meant his type play. The pro- Which I think we can debate, but the problem with the Raiders is on defense. Brent's basic point is Derek deserves better than to have his job questioned, his job security questioned when he was not the problem with the Raiders last year. And on a fundamental level, I would not use the word. I, he's not saying uh, deserves better. He's not saying that I wouldn't use that word, but I do understand why somebody would say what he's saying. It makes sense to me. Yeah, you know, he. it seems like he lives in Vegas and he was disappointed in the local press in Las Vegas. And this gets back to things we had... Well, we had talked about with with things coming out of the Raiders radio network, uh, the Raiders paper that is very intertwined with their organization slash the Vegas paper. It's all kind of intertwined. And you and I have dealt with it and said that it was clear from my perspective that anything coming out of certain individuals, Vinny was coming from the Raiders. Now, he might not like to hear that, and he'll claim that's not true. I just, based off my experience, I I, I feel confident where I'm sitting. And I think reading uh, Brent here, or just his quotes from Rich, one thing I think you could say about Brent, because you'd say historically, even Papa, I love the guy, but when Greg was associated with the Raiders, you got to be very careful about what you say, because they get very, very offended very fast. I'd say Brent's at the point, I don't think he gives a shit. And I, I think sometimes you'll just watch or you click something on YouTube or something be on TV from like the 70s or 80s and you'll just hear his voice. You realize this guy's been doing this. Just watching high level shit, baseball, basketball and football for a long, long time. And I can just imagine now he's done this role now for whatever, four years. But last year, just sitting there watching this offense be really good and the defense be embarrassing. So he just maybe as just a football fan 
You know, now it's it usually doesn't work like that with the play-by-play guy, but my point is he's a unique play-by-play guy. He doesn't this job is not you know, I'm not trying to say like on his tombstone like he's going away anytime soon, but when Brett Musburger's legacy is laid out, I don't even think the Raiders will come up, right? Or they'll be the like the last thing written that he at, toward the end of his life he called Raider game. Yeah, right? you don't get the impression so, that doing uh as he loves it is the impression I get, but you don't get the impression that it's like He's willing to do what he'll just he's going to change who he is to make sure he keeps a job. And I'm not saying his job's in jeopardy, yeah, I, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm taking him at fair value. Yeah. Like this is just his opinion. That's right. It's I, not that's coming fair. from an angle, which which a lot of times uh, definitely in baseball and basketball, football can be a little it feels like they allow them to be a little more independent. If the guy's older and been with the organization, for example, like uh, Mel Reese with the Eagles, like he'll just say some stuff like, what, what are they going to do? Fire him? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not going to happen. Like he's allowed to give his opinion. And my point is, I think Brent's allowed to just give his opinion. And it's not even honestly, it's not even that crazy of an opinion. It's just I think the guy's a playoff level quarterback. He called him a playoff quarterback. A little strong. Uh, but playoff level quarterback is strictly the defense. Why are we even talking about this? Which you and I have been talking about the whole time. Does make a little sense. Like why? Deshaun Watson is a better player. And Brent kind of admitted that. He's like, I'm not saying Derek's better than Deshaun Watson, but are you trying to improve on one side when you're historically terrible on the other side? It doesn't make that much sense unless you go, well, John Gruden's their head coach. He's a crazy man. We get this a lot on the podcast and on YouTube when we do, because we talk a lot about this because it's been, it's constantly a story. It's funny. We did a video at the end after week 17 of the regular season and said the good news for the Raiders, you remember that? Or and we did on the podcast too, I think. The good news for the Raiders is this offseason will not be spent talking about Derek Carr. He has solidified himself as the starting quarterback. And he has done everything in his control to solidify his position as the starting quarterback. The problem is, and so when we do these conversations, we get people like, why do you keep talking about it? Well, Deshaun Watson wants to get traded and Anybody and everybody should be interested in Deshaun Watson unless their quarterback is better than Deshaun Watson. And the reason Russell Wilson is a conversation is because Russell's agent told Adam Schefter of the four teams he would go to in the NFL, the Raiders are one of them. Yeah. And then when asked a few weeks or a month or so ago, Jay Gruden said, uh, yeah, I don't know what brother's ever going to do. <laughs> so, well, guy, th- well, originally there was an article before, Ru- way before Russell Wilson, because I, I do think it's fair to say most people are not pushing back on. I think the Russell Wilson conversation, even with a diehard Raider fan, like, should we be interested? Because he's interested in us. The Deshaun Watson thing started when the Las Vegas paper wrote the Raiders think they can get a one and maybe a little bit more if. Deshaun Watson would be interested in coming. They could use those picks for a package. Like we didn't pull that. Like the Raiders should be in on Deshaun Watson because that article wouldn't written. I don't think we would have talked about it. It was literally out there. It became a fucking big story that they would use Derek to leverage some picks to then use as the whole Deshaun. Like kind of came out of nowhere. And you and I were like, what are they talking about? Like, this is kind of crazy. And, but that's, but I think part of what Brent's realizing is like, I don't even think it's the Raiders are crazy. Now it's the head coach. Like this is the head coach who is this powerful guy in the NFL, top two or three power in the league in terms of just factor in cash, factor in answers to nobody, factors in, doesn't really even answer to the owner. That I, I, I just add, think all this stuff is somewhat believable, guy. Also has a unique dynamic in that because he worked in TV, he's knows a lot. He probably knows more players, like has sat down and talked to more players than most coaches in the league have, right? Also, also since his Raider tenure, has traded two very famous players. That's the other thing, traded Khalil. Now, Amari was not Traded like, Amari on the... 
You traded him on the practice field. He pra- now Amari was, was not like well. having Amari was not like, oh my God, Amari just had a great year. He's full, you know, no. but still was clearly a very good player, which is why the Cowboys had to, you know, acquire him. You gave him a first round pick. Yeah, that's what I mean. Had to pay a lot to get him. So I understand Literally where too, Brett's coming. Now I would say to Brent, like Brent, this is a million dollars last year. Huh? The Cowboys then gave him Yeah, and then they, yeah, and they had to pay him because it's which is fine. But yeah. I I have I I agree with you called Brent. called Mario Hall of Famer once. I agree with Brent. I did. Yes. I said he had the feet of Jerry Rice. He's still got time, John. He's got good feet. Um, He's a good player. He, Brent, maybe I was, I was drinking a lot of the, you know, I was listening to pop a lot. So I was talking about everybody's feet. Um, Brent's quote, I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed by the continuing chatter about the Raiders. I wouldn't, I, disappointed is an interesting word. Um, uh, disappointed in part means I think what he's saying to your point why isn't anyone coming out to defend him right that's partly what when you say disappointing isn't that kind of what that's kind of how I read that disappointing um, and maybe well, just disappointing it's like John Gruden has released a statement through Chris Mortensen like this is stupid why are we talking about this that has not happened and also disappointing probably means I, I I'm to your point I want to call some playoff games here I'd like for them to get the defense better I don't think the offense yeah, is I'm not their a spring problem. chicken here. And I don't think the offense is their problem. I understand. I, I get it. I you could disappointing is a is a strong word. Yeah. Disappointing is I'm in charge. Not I'm in charge, but I, um you could even make the argument that the, if yeah, if I, I would say the overwhelming percentage of play by play guys in the three major sports would never think about using that word. I'm disappointed. Right. I'm a little disappointed about the continuing chatter about the Raiders. Yeah. Which is which is honestly refreshing. This is what you know, most I, I wish more of these guys could say you could make the case that even if they could trade Derek and four ones for Deshaun, that it'd be the wrong thing for them to do. That the quarterback plays I good enough. That's kind of his. Pre- yeah, that's kind of his premise and what you and I have been talking about for a month. Like, I don't th- I, I think Derek might have overachieved a little bit. And I think one thing that's going to be hard for last year like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Brady, like those guys are good crowds or no crowds. I do think Derek benefited from no crowds because I had saw him and maybe it's just he's comfortable in the offense now. Maybe they're just better. I don't know. But I'm not like all in on this guy being a top 10 quarterback now. I do think he's improved from where I thought he was like kind of headed a couple years ago. But I'm just not like there's not a trajectory that I'm like, oh, I expect this year for him to even be even better, be considered like a top seven quarterback. Like I think this might just be what he's at. So I, honestly, the Gruden thing, like, is is this his peak value? That's a fair. These conversations, I don't mind Gruden having these conversations. Like, it's not even great. You you have to. What could we get for Derek? What does it cost to get for Deshaun? The moment you see, hey, John, you see Adam Schefter's tweet. Like, well, what would it cost to get? Like, that's that's normal protocol in the business he's in. But it is something like, I would say it not only hasn't slowed this offseason. Feels a little more real. Well, because it's like, well, how would they turn down Russell Wilson? In years past, it was real because they needed to, they thought maybe upgrade. Now it's real for the reason you said, because there's a value. There's a great, he has, he has value. You would get a good return if you decided to do it. And you would do it as part of a two pronged thing because you're acquiring one of these other guys. Well, I think, I don't think anybody's wrong here. Like, I don't think Gruden's wrong for looking. I don't think Brent's wrong for going, wait a second. Yeah. I think they could pick 20 tomorrow from the Bears. Yeah, I think they'd, they'd get more than that. 
Probably, but I'm just saying like that pick would be the apple of the trade. Like maybe it'd be like pick 20 and next year's two or something, but it'd be like pick 20 this year equipped with whatever their pick is. What is it? 19? Like, boom, they, they would have a lot of ammo immediately, right? They would need a quarterback. Yeah. And I don't, you're saying you get 19 and 20. Well, yeah, you, you, you would never do that move without like, knowing. maybe you do that to then, yeah, you would have to have another move. Knowing the 19 and 20 and the Bears future. Yeah, it'd be a lot. Like if you did think Mariota was sweet, you could easily like that is an option. That's not an option because I don't think anyone believes and they shouldn't that Mariota's better than Derek. But if you thought they were equals, I think it would be a no brainer. If like it was legitimate, they're equals. You would go with Mariota way cheaper. Use that cash to buy players, trade them to the Bears, pick twenty, and then all of a sudden you're taking multiple defensive guys. You feel pretty good about your you know yeah situation next year. But they're not. The problem is, I think it's fair to say if. Let's just use numbers. If Derek's a 10, I'm not saying he's like a 10 out of 10, but if Derek's a 10, what's Mariota? Like six. six, right? So that's a big drop off. If it was like one's a nine, one's an eight, then I think you'd start thinking about right. it. Right. All right, John, time to look ahead at the, at, uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. A few golfers that we like, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. And uh, let's dive in. What um, what do you like? You you had a good week last week, right? So you're, uh, you're betting with some... Um, with some carryover cash? Yeah, good would be strong. I mean, it's just I, I bet on winners, you and you, it's very hard to bet. I, I did bet for the first time uh, in a long time on a top five guy, and he hit. He finished fifth. Scotty Scheffler. Thank you, Scotty, who I don't know if you saw his shirt on Sunday. It had looked, because I think he admitted to it after, they had driven to Dick's and just bought like a Nike. And Scotty's a big guy, like a triple X. It was huge. I mean, it was massive. I guess the Nike guys can do the Tiger Red because they don't have any other logos, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess Phil Mickelson at the Senior Tour event, did you see he had bought, uh, he needed a red shirt yeah. and he wanted to do it, a U of A shirt. He was That's wearing a U of A shirt. Under, but he, but but he, he had covered it up. Yeah. I think yeah, there is, I think one of the sneaky things that happens on tour is you're buying all these golf shorts off, shirts off the rack that guys are wearing walking around the golf course. The difference is the one on the golf course has been perfectly tailored. Some guys like the sleeve a little short. Some guys like it a little long. Some guys like it, you know, really tight. Some guys want the, the, you know, they want it a little more narrow. Some guy, I mean, you buy it off the rack. You see all of a sudden how different all this stuff is tailored when it's custom. Yeah. It's, it's why I think once you find meet an individual, they usually go to the same type collar shirt. You know, that's just, yeah. they just wear their one brand because yeah. it fits their body. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I'm thinking. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, gamble on golf. I can't recommend it enough. The Arnold Palmer. I'm going to go with four different guys to win. And the way I do it is I just took 100 bucks and I put 25 on each guy. So Eric Van Royen, who actually, you know, had a little noise last week. He's got some game. He's a big underdog. I mean, he's just, his odds to win aren't great. He's 150 to one. He's He would be, quote unquote, my flyer. $25 pays $37.50. That's a lot. Then Mark Leishman, who has won this tournament before, Florida guy, 45 to 1. $25 pays $1,100. Like that. Kisner, who I just kind of like. I think Kisner on tough courses where they don't benefit the Bombers, I think can make some hay just because he's a good iron player, putts well. He's 80 to 1. 25 pays two grand. And then Jason Day, just a guy who's kind of a really good player, who's just kind of been, it feels like his back's a little healthier the last couple of years, been much more in the mix. You know, it, it, it wouldn't shock me if one of the days you look up and like, oh, Jason Day won a tournament again. Because it just he's been playing good golf now for a couple of years, you know? Just feels healthy. 
I don't midlife crisis don't with know the beard or something. The beard, yeah. I, when he bends down to pick up a golf ball, he's not in pain. It Back's turns out stiff. he's just protecting himself. I think is what he has said. That part always makes me uneasy. But I've seen him bending down to pick up golf balls like that while he was t three on the leaderboard. So, yeah, he's he's the best odds, or I guess quote unquote the worst odds of guys I took. I took him thirty to one because I some of the Rory's, Hovlins, Deschambeaus. I don't know, man. I just, you look last week, DJ didn't even give a shit. He was like six to one at the Florida course. And Morikawa was nowhere near like a top five guy going into that weekend. Now he was uh, probably 20 to 25 to one, but this week doesn't have any of those guys. Like when Victor Hovland is your second or third best odds, it shows you you're missing about 10 guys, right? Yeah. Yep. But which is good. I'm not saying I, I like Victor Hovland and if DraftKings, whatever, I'll use him. Betting him on odds when he's not like 25 to 1 makes me a little uneasy. Like, I, I can't do a Victor Hovland 12 to 1 at a bail. Can't do it. Um, I did. I did Victor Hovland. I like Victor. I think it's a matter of time. He feels I've got some Finau vibes, although almost feels like his ceiling. I mean, his his floor is higher, right? Like, he usually when he's off, there's not like an off where all of a sudden Hovland's all over the place. I just feel like he's really solid. Would you agree with that? Well, and the Fino vi- the the Fino vibes, true. Like both are just elite players when they're on. He's way younger. Right. So right? twenty five bucks at twelve to one pays three hundred on um, Victor with a K. Uh, if I were to name my kid Victor, I would spell it with a K, not with a C. Um, Agreed. Jason Kokrak is kind of a longer, but this is top ten finish. He finished eighteenth uh, at this event last year. Twenty five bucks pays uh, eighty three dollars on Kokrak. Um, Again, we're talking about a top 10 here, not to win. But, yeah. you know, now it makes me think, I do wonder about Kokrak to win. Um, and then how about this one, John? I, you know, we finished top five last year. We finished fourth last year. But Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut. You can bet on guys to make the cut. You can bet on guys to miss the cut is plus 500. So 25 bucks, it's five to one. 25 bucks pays 125. To me, that gives you... Uh, a lot of these bets you make are about Saturday and Sunday. How about we make a bet that's about Thursday and Friday to try and amp things up a little bit at the beginning of the tournament? A miss or make the cut bet. That's that I'm doing this one for Thursday and for Friday. To me, the miss make cut, the way to do it would be to bet a heavy favorite to miss the cut right. and get these great odds. Yep. Right? That that to me But how you, often do you you're think not gonna a guy's get gonna miss? Well, it's hard, but they do, right? Right? DeChambeau misses cuts. Rory can miss cuts. JT's miss cuts. You can get, you could argue if you can just, because you don't have to put, even if you put $100 to win 500, it's over two days. Like you don't, you know, betting winners, even top tens, you know, I've had a guys that finish 12th, that can be eighth, and then they double 17. It, it can be hard on the heart. The, the miss cut thing, I think you have a pretty good idea just going into Friday. Like I got a chance, right? This guy shoots a couple over the first day. You're like, he's already on the outside looking in. Right. It can happen fast. I, I, I'm i in. You sold me on that one. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I don't I think James, put $100 on that. I don't think James Hahn is in this event. If I was looking, maybe a Cal guy could win three years in a row, but um, <laughs> I don't think he's, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's playing uh, real quick. Uh, you know, I, how about, I got one, I got one more top 10 for you. I was just going to give you uh, this guy, Harris English to win. He's been playing shitty though. He was really hot earlier this year. He was excellent last year. To win it. $10 pays $550. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that. So what's his... He's plus $5,500? Mm-hmm. 
He's just been bad. Yeah, that's... Henrik Norlander. Well, John Kokrak's was... got the same odds. Let's just go with Kokrak then. Yeah, I think Kokrak's just playing better. Norlander is like eighty to one, but a top ten for Norlander, or maybe he's hundred to one, is nine to one. Remember Norlander a couple weeks ago, great iron player at Pebble Beach. He was right in the mix. Fifty dollars pays four fifty. I I already placed that bet. I've got Norlander at uh, fourteen to one to uh, to win. So a hundred bucks pays fourteen thousand dollars. That can't be right. So yeah, you got him. You got him plus one forty, fourteen hundred right? plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten bucks pays fourteen hundred dollars. Ding! Pretty good. Give me Henrik Why Norlander a buddy, to win, John. My, my, my buddy Scotty Raber a couple weeks ago when they were at Pebble, Sam Burns or no, it was Tory, not Tory, fucking Riviera. Sam Burns had led all three days in a row. He had put ten dollars at him at plus you know one twenty five to one was going to win twelve hundred fifty dollars, and he was leading going into the back nine on Sunday. He fell apart. Plus one twenty five to one. What a yeah. pick! I know. Wire to wire till you lose it. Come on, Henrik. It's a good feeling. That that ten dollars you cannot get the high in entertainment any better than a ten dollar <laughs> no, bet you can't. to pay over a thousand dollars. You can't. Oh my god! Because no, there's no bet. This is what I always say about football. I, there's not a football bet I can make on a Sunday or even a Saturday on college football that can give me back a thousand dollars that I don't have to include like a seventeen parlay, right? So you're like you're just holding on to your ass for all these games in golf. Even if you just take a flyer, if the guy's just in the mix, the juice right that you earned your ten dollars. But for ten dollars for a parlay, you like got to watch three other games. You're going back and forth. It's way it's way more stressful and also, I'd say equally as unrealistic, right? We're in in golf. You just got to watch the one guy, or even if you're not even watching, you just keep tabs on your phone. Like how's he doing? In football, you got to keep track of like six different games. You're like, what's the what's my spread on that one? Minus twenty two. You're like, oh, they're up thirty. No sport gives you the odds like this. Besides futures and like who's going to win the World Series, but you got to wait six months. Henrik didn't miss the cut at Riviera. Norlander. Who's had a week off, John? Yeah, he he was good at Pebble. He was. He's been good this season until then. All, he's been. You no, know, he's he's good. Iron four player. straight top twenty sixes, including T two at the, the farm. One thing. The one thing that's hard with golf. I guess it happens sometimes in football. Like, but I'd say for the most part in football. You, you're going to play good back-to-back-to-back game. Like, if you're a good team. In golf, you can just win a tournament and then the next week miss a cut right. or vice versa, right? You could you could miss two cuts in a row and then finish top, like, third in the tournament. It is. And they can, and then you hear them talk. You're like, you know, I was just... I actually felt pretty good. You know, it was just a couple putts here. Yeah. And you're like, Dad, I wish I would have known Well, that. when you win, win. When you win in football, I'm more likely to pick you the next week. When you win a golf event, you are the last guy I'm picking the next week unless you're, like, one even at... Like nobody, I would not bet. I would not bet on Max Homa in any tournaments the rest of the year to win. But then it's like you look back. It's like, well, what if he has a great year? Yeah, well, that's where to me, like you ride Max Homa for like top tens. What if he just plays really well this year? Top tens yeah. are a good bet. You could say Finau. The problem, his odds are so shitty, right? Like his top ten odds are just not any good anymore. But he is. You feel pretty he's good. He's going to win, like, John. Not you could argue week, of all playing. the players in any tournament. You just take Tony top ten in a tournament. You feel pretty yeah, good you about do. your money. All right. Uh, on, so get your gamble on people. MyBookie.ag, promo code M1. On that note, uh, send us some mailbag questions. I, again, people are hitting us up. Do that. If you're not an iTunes user, we'll figure out a way to incorporate you. And uh, yeah, holler at your boys. Get it on.